Well, good morning, everybody, uh, and welcome to The Calling Vision. And this is where we explore how changing the world can happen when we align with and partner with the vision that is calling us, the one that's seeking us to bring it into harm, the one that's chosen us to make it happen. So this is B.B. Harding, your host, and today I have as my guest, Brenda Westwood. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning, B.B. Good morning. <laughs> so good to be with you. Yeah, welcome. I'm excited about where this conversation might go. <laughs> Me so, too. Yeah, so um, a few things about Brenda. She's definitely got some credentials, um, if that's important to you. Um, and, you know, she's one of the times when I first met Brenda, she was working in the, the Montana social work system. And she had been, I think you did that for like 18 years, right? And, child protection, yes. Yeah, child protection services. And um, one of the things that I remember most about you when I first met you was how your heart was heavy with about the fact that the children were not truly being served where they could heal and be whole. You know, it was like a fragment of them was being addressed, but not the whole picture of them. The other thing, too, is that, you know, um, you you live up, you know, in Kila, Montana, which is a small place um, out in the middle of nowhere. And probably the closest big thing is Kalispell. But at the same time, you live in a small community. You know, I remember driving up your driveway, you know, and going, oh, well, check this out. <laughs> you know, because I really kind of expect you to be more open place if you were up there in Montana. And, but you lived in a, you know, small little community. And um, one of the other things that I just totally loved about uh, something that you did was you started a program called Grit with Grace. I loved that title. I don't know if I ever told you that. I think I did. But, I mean, I loved it. And I loved the premise that you had where what you did was work with women. I remember us talking about, you know, sometimes it's women who have moved into the area and have no idea how they might survive, you know, if something um, were to happen, you know, bad weather, you know, accident on the farm, you know, something like that. And so what you did is you brought in people every week. And you, you taught the women how to do things like, you know, use a chainsaw and basic auto mechanics and basic plumbing and basic electricity. And, you know, that what you did it with the premise that it would allow the woman to discover herself in a way that was different and allowed her to be able to um, see herself as being able to support herself in tough times. And I loved it. And it sounded like, you know, you, your people that participated loved it. It's kind of like they got to discover an extra aspect of themselves. So, you know, that's one of the things that I know that I, just amazed me about you was the fact that you started Grit with Grace. And then, you know, you've often referred to the fact that in your own life that you've had a lot of Grit with Grace experiences. And maybe we'll get into that today. And um, then, you know, the program that we met in was the Equine Gestalt Coaching Program. And then you've gone on to become a master gestaltist, and you've also been trained in theta healing, which I thought, you know, was interesting. So you've kind of got a well-rounded background. Um, and one of the things that you're doing now is you're spending time working with people, helping them get to the part of feeling whole and healed. And you're doing that with your horse partners, and they're Jet Frank and Raziel. So... 
Do you think I left anything out of that or do you think I covered it? <laughs> I think you covered a lot, BB. <laughs> that pretty much covers it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, one of the things that I want to start with is a question to you. Like, I want you to fill in the blank that if blank happened, the world would change. <sighs> Keeping your vision and what you're doing in mind. If compassion happened, the world would change. Ooh, tell me more about that. Well, I'm pretty on fire about... Um, Gabor Mate was in a film done by the science of non-duality, I think, some folks over in Europe. But it was uh, The Wisdom of Trauma. And I love. And, you know, doing the gestalt work that we do. And then I reflect back on my career of child protection and sitting in the presence of a lot of pain with children and their parents. Um, there's always so much judgment of people in pain, especially when they're acting out. And what I've always been able to do and what I wish others could do is step back and look behind what's happening for them. How did this person get here and have some compassion? Do we excuse what they do? No, but that's what I mean by that. Gosh, if we could, then we would be lending a hand, we would be supporting, we would be providing healing opportunities, like what we do in many other modalities. But I think our whole paradigm would shift around So how would you, how do you feel like you would be able to train a person to be more compassionate? You know, how would you get people more in touch with their compassion? I think it can't be a head thing. It's got to be some experiential process. I mean, certainly, um, like when, when I'm partnering with a horse or I'm coaching someone without a horse, doesn't matter, in doing this work, the first place to have compassion is from within. And so a lot of judgmental people don't have a lot of compassion for themselves. So in healing themselves, they begin to have compassion for themselves, and then they can see others through a different lens. Mm -hmm. So... Um... When you have a person, do you feel that, you know, I know that you do a lot of work with the horses and at the same time you do a lot of other kinds of retreats. Um, is that a focus in the work that you do is teaching others to have compassion for themselves? It's not so much spoken, but it's organically happens. Okay. And yeah. I mean, I don't say, well, you're, we're going to, after this, you're going to have more compassion for yourself. That's not how it works, but um, they do. <laughs> okay, so how does it work? Well, as they begin to finish their unfinished business, and they're, maybe they had a childhood where they were always being a fixer. And now they're, and I work with a lot of fixers because I've been one and a rescuer, <laughs> but you know, everybody else, they're running around attending to everybody else. And if they're not doing it, they don't know how to be with themselves, then they judge themselves. They feel guilty. Um, there's a lot of shame. There's so much that we bring from the background in our lives, no matter where it happened, that people, that inner critic, maybe, <laughs> that people mm -hmm. have, right? And most right. of us are familiar with that. It's extinguishing that inner critic and finding compassion for ourselves. So we're not so hard on ourselves. So. That really brings up something. You said the word extinguish, which to me means that 
you know, we're squashing things down or trying to get rid of it. Do you work from trying to get rid of the inner critic or do you work from coming to accept the inner critic and to work with it that way? Yeah. Learning how to silence the voice and maybe it's not even their voice. Maybe it's the voice of a critical parent from childhood. Mm -hmm. It no longer serves them and they picked up the reins and they took over doing it for them as we grow up. So in that sense, it is extinguishing that um, the charge on them, the, the denigration of themselves, mm. but it is also making peace with it so that they can say no, no more. Right. So what were, did you, I'm assuming that you went through some experiences that brought you to this place of feeling inner compassion. Is there one that you think is more like the turning point for your life? Well, when I talk about that, certainly, yes. I don't know if there's one. Okay. <laughs> I, I know that when I was in the Touch My Horse program as a, the equine assault coaching program, that uh, I was going through some experiences with my adult children. Had I not gone through this program because I was a young parent, very young parent and I made a lot of mistakes a lot and it's impacted my children's lives had I not done that work then I would be in that place of not having a lot of compassion for myself of really judging myself and beating myself up had I not done that work so that's a big example it's right shifting that story for myself you know, I think I remember reading your bio, you know, one of the things that you like to focus on is helping people rewrite their story mm-hmm. um, so that they can release the things that no longer serve them. Right. So, like, how did you go about rewriting your story as the terrible parent? I'm going to put words in your mouth there. The terrible parent who did a lot of things wrong. How did you rewrite that? It's really understanding where I was doing my work, releasing, um, releasing the pain, the releasing the story of my growing up, which wasn't all that hot. I mean, there's certainly many other stories that, that are far worse than mine, but still it had a huge impact on me. So having that compassion for that young teenage self who made the decision to, mm-hmm. right, get pregnant to escape my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and it happens with many teens and escapism comes in many forms. Yeah. yeah. So that process of healing those layers brought me to a different place of being able to um, have compassion for myself. I know that you talk about, you know, people being able to spiritually heal too. Did you have a belief system or, you know, a, a belief in a something greater than you? You know, most people call that God that helped you walk through that journey? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And from God's eyes, were you able to see into your situation through, you know, God's eyes and and look at, you know, what you experienced in a different way? I think I grew up. I didn't grow up beating myself up for a long time. It's just, you know, later, maybe when I realized the impact of my decisions on my children when I was 
in my 40s probably when it started going oh wow <laughs> maybe even my 30s because i did some work but when i was going through college but um i've always I, I grew up in a very spiritual home i grew up you know looking for the good in people that god is love i mean there is no devil there's no i didn't get contaminated with all that mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> um so I always had this beautiful vision of the world, pretty much. Um, mm. And I always had the belief that I'm always taken care of no matter what. No matter what, I've been through some hard things, really hard things. Mm -hmm. Knew that I still was, even though it was hard and I felt hopeless, that I'm going to be taken care of. That's a big one. Because I know that that's something that I've been struggling with. It's like that trusting the universe got my back. It was like, really? So what was the thing that allowed you to kind of, you know, dig deeper and really honor the fact that, you know, you were going to be taken care of? Hmm. I don't know if I came onto the planet with it, BB. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I did or if it was, um, I think it's a combination. I came onto the planet with it into this lifetime and it was nurtured by my mother who was very spiritual naive but very spiritual mm -hmm. <laughs> you know who in, instilled that in me i, I don't know if, how to explain it i just okay. have it as i get older though i'm finding as my human body goes oh well <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can do everything I've always done. So it's, it's, a, I question it a little more, but yeah. So one of the things that happened for you, you know, in the program is you ended up making your transition from working for the Montana social services system into starting your own business. So what was the thing that prompted you to do that? Huh. It's kind of like the vision call, you know, to do that. <laughs> This is a be careful what you ask for story, BB. Oh, ooh, that's <laughs> good. All right, let's hear it. Um, at the time, I was working for the University of Montana um, School of Social Work in a, what's called the Child Welfare Training Program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we developed curriculum and we would train people hired with the state of Montana to do um, investigate child abuse and work with families and do all of that. And I, it took me away from home. So I was driving all over the place and gone during the week training a lot of times and then here. And then I also wasn't in direct contact with the people who were really in pain anymore. And I missed that. Hmm. So anyway, I'm, you know, in, I don't know how far I was into my program back then it was 18 months, but it's getting close. I think I was halfway through and I'm driving across the state I think from Helena to, to Kalispell and I'm going, all right, God, how am I going to build my business and work full time? Because that full time was 60, 70 hours a week sometimes. Right. And I thought, I don't know how to do it. I just don't know what to do. So all of a sudden, ta-da, my job, my position in this region ended and so I didn't have a job anymore as of January, 2014. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so that was a be careful what you ask for, but 
but also a huge learning, a huge journey um, where I am today. So when you were like on the journey, you know, at the beginning of the journey, mm -hmm. did you like see what your next direction was going or was it all one step at a time, see what comes up? <laughs> it was, I see where I want to go with my business and with my um, healing practice. And the rest of it is doing whatever it took. And I still do whatever it takes so that mm -hmm. I can hold my vision so I can step into my vision and live my vision. So, so I've done ahead. all kinds of things, you know, like side jobs and whatever I have to do. So when you first started back in 2014, mm -hmm. can you remember what it was that you wanted to create? Yeah, I still, it was my vision to um, do this work full time, partnering with the horses to help people heal emotionally, spiritually, empower them, help them find courage and confidence. Um, Grit with Grace was born in 2014. Yeah. yeah, and I still do it sometimes. I don't do it full six week series anymore, but because I don't have really the place to do it, but um, it's it could come back. I want it to come back. <laughs> Okay, so now, did you ever feel like there was a something that was like pulling you forward? Oh, other, I think than, you, other than you like saying this is what I want, do you did you have any sense of that there was something else that was kind of pulling you forward? Absolutely, I think that that when I first found the vision, which was way back in the nineteen ninety or ninety one, but it it it's been pulling me. It, it I don't. I sometimes thought about, I'm just going to get a job. I, you know, I just, it's hard work building a business and it's, it takes consistency, which I'm not always great at, but, um, it was like, I had no choice. It was just like, you, I don't have a choice. It keeps coming and coming and coming toward me. Mm -hmm. And suddenly clients will call or an opportunity shows up. It's just, I'm supposed to do this. So for you, it was kind of like, um, I don't know, like invitations to do something that let you know you were on the right path. Is that right? fair right. to say? Yeah. So it was like suddenly something would happen that would say, okay, knock, knock, here I am. Yeah. Right. So if you were to look at, you know, what's happening today for you, what do mm -hmm. you feel is beginning to pull you forward now? Is it like the evolution of, you know, what you first started out? With? Yeah. What's pulling me, or, or maybe pushing me? <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> but I'm being invited very clearly that it's time to not live so isolated, to have more ease in my life, and to not have to work so hard to survive, which is where living where I live is about. Um, so I'm really feeling pulled to be closer to other people that do this similar work that I do. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like immersing yourself in an environment that's, I'm, I'm going to put words in your mouth here, putting yourself in an environment that would nurture you, that would provide community, that would um, take you out of the isolation. Yeah, it's truly a healing center is what um, I'm being pulled toward. Okay. And 
do you have a vision that's kind of coming through on the healing center what it wants to be uh yeah well it's forming um people are you know more people are presented on my path to um, talk with to consider including or maybe i'll step into something that's already established i don't know i'm open (laughs) (laughs) okay so how do you go about you know determining what the next right step is that's where i struggle bb yeah i'm going shit i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the fun of it you know not that i like it but it's kind of like i think that's part of the game is that you know you're not supposed to know you're supposed to trust (laughs) yeah it's a lesson in in trusting the process and trusting the next step but not being naive and waiting for it to show up on my doorstep right I have to take some action and I feel more than ever I've been talking about it's time to get off this mountain for years this year more than ever even now it's the green is popping and the leaves are starting to pop and the creek is raging and now it's a beautiful time here beginning Mm -hmm. to um I'm checking in with myself do I still feel really attached here I have a lot of attachments like security it's mine uh, you know but um it's time it's just I'm being really nudged there's a lot of clear signs it's like time time the place and the where and the how haven't shown up yet okay so when you take an action on something, how do you recognize whether that re- action is aligned with where you're going? It's a really good question. Um, if it feeds or meets um, my greater purpose, the greater reason that I'm doing this work. Um, I mean, I consider a lot of other things, but if it if it really feeds my why because really my work brings me a great deal of joy okay so if i were to ask you what you consider your big why what would you say my big why is to ease suffering okay pretty big it is pretty big (laughs) so it ripples out you know when we ease suffering one person at a time that ripples out and their energy raises when they're, you know, not living in the old story of pain and discomfort and reactivity. It it, it ripples out to others in their lives. Mm -hmm. That's my big why. So is it fair to say that, you know, for you, one of the ways that you measure whether the action that you've taken is in alignment with where you're going is whether or not it's easing pain or is there yet more? Well, I don't know. My actions don't always necessarily ease my pain. That's for sure. My creates some. Okay. <laughs> okay. That was a big action. Okay. Not happy. <laughs> well, I haven't, I'm doing baby steps right now. Just baby steps. I'm preparing as if I'm leaving. Um, and that's a process, but I've been yeah. here. 30 years, so. Yeah, I imagine that there's a lot of energy around goodbye and and gratitude about how the place has been there, how it's supported you, how it's mm-hmm. provided for you, how it's protected you. In my mind, there would be that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and it's, you know, 
expressing your gratitude for having it take care of you, you know, all these years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, you're feeling pulled to, you know, leave the mountain. Mm-hmm. And you're looking, you know, look, sounds like you're looking for something that would um, enhance your ability to be with others. And and perhaps even being with others so that they could, so that all of you can serve the greater good. Those would be words that I would use. Is that how you think of it? Or are, are there other ways that you think of it? Well, I do think of it that way. Um, I, it always, it isn't always, what what doesn't drive me 100% is the community. Mm-hmm. Although that sounds really inviting to me. What drives me the most is so that I can reach more people, that the horses can reach more people, that we can fully step into without having hesitation or pull back, you know, because that's one of the things I realized living where I live, um, it's kept me small in one way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's time. And I think, and I tell myself, well, Brenda, you're 64 years old. It's time to start slowing down. But I don't feel that. I don't feel that. <laughs> I can attest to that because I'm 75. I'm going, I mean, for the last few years, I've had a struggle with I'm 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 retired. What in the hell do I think I'm going to work for? You know, <laughs> but uh, like you said earlier, getting kicked in the butt. <laughs> you know, spirit's not done, and it's like okay, and you know, finding that place. You know, where can I where can I serve? Mm-hmm. And what's the thing that I can do? Um, so I get it, you know, 64, there's that conundrum of how do you balance the, what the world says is retirement time and what right. says is get going, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly where I'm at. I remember when you were in that, when you retired, BB, I remember you were doing that dance of like, well, what does that mean? What do I do? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So if you were to imagine yourself a bigger you, you know, mm-hmm. bigger energetic presence, how would it be different for you? What would you be doing in your bigger energetic presence? Oh, gosh, I would have time to create and write and inspire. That's what I love to do. I would have more time to get involved in helping raise the understanding of our larger community about the impact of trauma on people i would i really would but i i wouldn't have to be doing all everything all myself i wouldn't have to be splitting firewood and stacking hay and you know i could have i would have help yeah yeah so if you were to write a story about you know the impact of trauma or a message that you would want to give about the impact of trauma what would be included in that story? It, what would be included wouldn't, I mean, I love, love, love that science has caught up with what we've all known, many of us have known for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But brain science, and now there's tons and tons of information, and I love all that. I can't get myself involved in that. That isn't where I come from. So mm-hmm. if a story about it it would be a truth it would be a story about a person traveling through life and hard things happen and maybe they get in trouble 
you know, and, and how they're seen, you know, what the outside world projects, or we begin to like, for myself, I had a ninth grade education for a really long time. <clears throat> you know, I got married at 15, had my baby, quit school. Um, so as I progressed into my life, there were people, even though I had gotten my bachelor's degree in social work and, you know, was making a lot of progress in my life, um, there was someone who called me white trailer trash. And that took me right back to that 15 year old girl who came from a trailer court. Who cares what it was? But, <laughs> you know, that yeah. took me back to that I'm less than others. So that story, it's, it's the story of our trauma or life experience in the past that holds us back. And that is one of mine, has been one of mine. Um, <clears throat> who am I to? I don't have the blah, blah, blah. I didn't grow up that way. I didn't, you know, we were poor, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, it's to see how we hold ourselves back and to help the greater out there really have understanding of where people come from and how life that comes at us shifts us. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've been exposed to the impact of trauma, but one of the things that I remember taking away is that trauma was the result of being unable to express in the moment the way that you felt about what was taking place. And that was huge for me was like, how many times I know I personally, it's like, you're in the middle of a quote, crisis situation, unquote. And being I was focused on resolving it, not expressing how I felt about it. Right. And, you know, and it's, um, I can imagine that people who've experienced deep trauma haven't had that opportunity in that's what the power of doing the unfinished business is, is to be able to go back, in some cases, go back to the moment and express the feelings that took place. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Powerful work, as you know. Yes, I do. You, the, the difference between you and I, or a big difference, is that you're actively doing it, and I, I work with the horses in a different realm. <laughs> yes. Than physical realm. <laughs> so... Mm -hmm. uh, if you were to give a message today, you know, you were just talking about in the story mm -hmm. um, that you would want to essentially expand the consciousness of the outer world from the person so that they could have a deeper understanding. Okay. What messages would you want to give or make sure that people really understand, you know, that ties into your your goal of a compassion? If everybody had compassion, the world would be a better place. I have a quote, and I can't remember what it is, Bibi, but basically, um, your grit, like, is your story. Right? Yeah. The, the bad, the ugly, the, the bliss, the pain, all of it, that's, you know, the grit. And it grinds us sometimes, and it blesses us sometimes. But, but the grace is not being crushed by that story, right? not yeah. being acted out. Um, and, and that brings us to, that's the true essence of ourselves, that 
we are not our story. We don't have to be defined. Yes, it shapes us, but we don't have to let it define us, especially if it's hard. And there's people out there that don't have any idea that they have maybe trauma for no, no, a lack of a better word is to use trauma, but life experiences that in the past are shaping them today that they're really uncomfortable with, but they don't know why. Let's just say they're and they're miserable. And all they do is think about making money and then they're, they're miserable. But if we could, could untangle that, the story behind, we could find some joy. Yes. So when you are supporting people and rewriting their story, do you support them in rewriting the gift of the story? Yes. You know, the gift of the grit, as you call it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, what's the gift that brought you there? I mean, there's many. Right? Yeah. Tony Robbins says, how can, how can you make your worst day the best day? Right. So what, what is the gift? You know? So when you look at your story, what do you perceive as some of the gifts from your grit? Uh, my self-reliance. Um, my ability to sit with other people's pain and really relate to people in hard places and not judge them. Cool. So, so real, what comes to me is like a real space holder for people mm -hmm. to experience um, you know, where they've been so that they can release and go forward. Yeah. To yeah. experience the truth of who they are. Oh, yeah. So if you were to, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but if you were to come up with a statement that talked about the essence of who you are, would you be able to articulate that? <laughs> Not to put you on the spot, you know. <laughs> could articulate the essence of who you are. Um you were born we were all born whole and perfect just the way we are and we were all born with unlimited capacity to perform miracles and magic in this world and and that's who we are you know when when life starts laying layers over it and telling us oh no you can't you can't you can't or the pain happens then we start to swallow whole stories that we're learning that aren't even ours so I'm going to do a little gestalt coaching here. Okay. And because and, I asked you how you would define you. And yes. you just, you know, you, we are. So what would you say about you? I, would I say am. I am. You know. oh, right. I truly am. And I, I missed that you asked it about me. Maybe that was a whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I believe the same for myself. Because I look at what I've accomplished in my life and I go, wow, wow. If I had made other choices, I don't know, even healthier choices, I don't know, I'd be, I, I wouldn't be who I am today. Right. Yeah. So, it's not like we don't want it to happen, you know, do I wish some things hadn't? Sure. But had they not, <clears throat> I wouldn't have picked up all the gems, the grace from the grit. So would you say something like, I'm the grace from the grit of choices that I've made? Oh, well, I, can, I can borrow that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just playing around here you know, like, <clears throat> about what you might say about you. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the beautiful person that you are. Thank you, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to say to people that you would hope that they have gotten out of this conversation? Hmm. Yeah, that you are far more capable than you might think you are. That really sums up Britain's grace, I think. It does. <laughs> yeah. So if people wanted to get a hold of you, Brenda, how would they go about doing that? Well, my company is Horse Sense Healing, and I'm located in the Flathead Valley in Montana. And my little town is Kyla. But they could reach me at my email, which is Brenda at HorseSenseHealing.com. Or they can give me a call at 406-257-0008. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brenda, for being here today. I really appreciate your conversation. And uh, you have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Vivi. It's been really fun playing with you today. I appreciate your invitation. <laughs> Thank you. <Thanks. laughs> I'm glad you're accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.